Hey, I'm Asher. And I'm Jackson. And what you're about to listen to is strictly confidential. Sometimes we record in the early mornings. Sometimes we record after a long day of work. I would assume that that listeners in the show probably do the same. They probably listen around those times of day. And those are the times of day where we need to have a little refresher. I need something to get get me going. I got this hot coffee in my hands, but that really only helps on the physio- physiological side of things. So I would like to start off with a brain teaser. All righty. Are you ready for it? It's not a riddle. Te- tickle my brain with your delicate tentacles. <clears throat> How many stickers can you put on your car before you drive an ice cream truck? And this struck me because there is a ice cream truck that is around our neighborhood that is apparently showcasing that that is the only prerequisite for running an ice cream, a mobile ice cream business, is having stickers on your vehicle. And I know it's cliche, the creepy ice cream truck, because, you know, there's the the luring in kids and they're never seen again, kind of like that white van, unmarked white van kind of creepy, but that's never what I'm getting at. I'm more fascinated by just the existence of ice cream trucks in 2019, kind of in the same way that a roller rink shouldn't exist, but yet every town has a roller rink. Just who's that for? And I'm not, actually, that's not even what I'm, get, what I'm talking about here. Every day, some little rug rat comes up to my car and is like, I want, I want the buttercup one. I want blossom. I'm like, listen here, you little, you little snot-nosed mouth breather. I'm just an adult that really likes Powerpuff Girls. I ain't selling ice cream. Get out of here. But are your Powerpuff Girls stickers ice cream stickers? No. See, because I've never seen a truck that has like 400 Powerpuff Girls stickers and thought, that guy sells ice cream. If I saw a truck that had 400 stickers of ice cream popsicle things that look close to... uh like vaguely close to Powerpuff Girls, I would think, yeah, that guy sells ice cream. But if it's just Powerpuff Girls, I also think it's wild if you've just had kids approach your Subaru and think, oh yeah, this guy, (laughs) this guy sells the goods. Okay, well then that just brings up two questions that I don't know and may require investigation. Maybe this is the the big, like this is my big break. This is the, the story that I uncover. Why... Are ice cream trucks always large, beat-up vans? Why can't they be anything else? The the myth, I, I'm starting to think it was propaganda, like the, the image of the ice cream truck that ha, like has the big ice cream cone on top and has the guy who's in like a white jumpsuit and has a little white hat and is all clean-cut and looks like, you know, 1950s Americana realized in physical form. I don't even know if that ever existed because I've never seen an ice cream truck that isn't a rusty, gutted-out van. But more importantly, where do they go? What do you mean? What, have you, you've never seen an ice cream truck that is parked. I know this for a fact because no one ever has. They are always in motion. Sometimes the music's on when they're in residential areas. Sometimes you'll see them on the highway. But you never see an ice cream truck parked. Where do they go? They've got to be collapsible, right? <laughs> It's got to be like that. This guy parks it, collapses it down to like a like a GameCube size box, 
packs it in his closet full of other different kinds of trucks and unloads a different one and starts delivering packages as a FedEx man or something. I mean, I, times are tough for Inspector Gadget. After the, the whole private, private eye thing fell apart. In this economy? In this economy. I think, though, the fact that they're run-down vans is probably an economics-based thing because it must be really easy to get a job selling ice cream cones. You need a couple things. You need a van. You need a supplier of very poorly sculpted ice creams. And that's pretty much it. Well, I don't know what we're doing here. We, we, gotta, we have a bustling ice cream business that we could get started right now. I think it's also probably not the most profitable business. No, and I think that's why they, they actually have that air of creepiness is that the, the motive for becoming an ice cream man is, is unknowable because there's no because way you're making a is profit. surely not the motive there. Yeah, I completely get that. I do wonder where they go because I, there's, a, uh, there's a Korean like ramen truck here that parks inside their shop like they have a brick and mortar location as well and they park it inside their shop when the truck isn't out but i don't think the ice cream truck man who bought like a like a 92 dodge whatever has a brick and mortar location that is also covered in stickers (laughs) i don't know i bet i bet they are collapsible honestly this is just the beginning of a special investigative report from asher strictly confidential find out more details next week I will probably forget by the end of the episode. He absolutely will. So you're going to dive into what we're talking about today? Yeah, all that ice cream conspiracy is for another time. What are we talking about right now? Today we're talking about some German folklore. I have no idea how to actually pronounce what we're talking about today, but I watched a YouTube video that said how to pronounce and then the name of this thing. I'm proud of you, man. That's That's a step in the right direction for us. But the YouTube video was like four minutes long and didn't get to the pronunciation until like three and a half minutes in. Well, you got to get that, you know, that's YouTube algorithm. I honestly have no idea what was in the three and a half minutes before that. I just waited. I just like scrubbed the video to get to where I saw the word on the screen. It's just the word Wienerschnitzel in Helvetica. And it's like, how do you say this? It's here it comes. Here it comes. It's kind of crazy how close it is to Wienerschnitzel. It is. It's to the untrained ear, every German word sounds like Wiener Schnitzel. Yeah, that's probably true. Or like, like choking and vomiting. Uh, so, <laughs> oh this is the the word here is the Wolpertinger. Okay, nice. Um, and I think you probably, if you are German, say all W's as V's. I'm messaging you the word so you can see it, so you'll know what I'm talking about. But the the Wolpertinger. Comes okay, you from... can't do that again. You get one. Ah, okay. Uh, unbold this. <laughs> unbold this. Unbold this. I see in the show notes you have these words highlighted, and then underneath it says pronounce like a dingus for laughs. But I feel like that's really insensitive to our German listeners. The Volpertinger comes from... <laughs> he can't be stopped. From... German folklore and is claimed to inhabit the alpine forest of Bavaria in Germany. And it's officially my new favorite cryptid. Okay. That's steep competition, so... Let me describe what it looks like. It has the head of a rabbit. (laughs) Okay. The body of a squirrel, the antlers of a deer, 
and the wings of a pheasant. And sometimes it also has the legs of a pheasant, <laughs> which is terrifying. But little bird legs? Little bird legs along with two little squirrel legs, <laughs> plus wings, plus antlers, plus rabbit head. I immediately when I heard this word, maybe because we've already done an episode specifically on the Krampus and... I think of like European folklore creatures as frightening and demonic. So this jackrabbit woodland taxidermy gone wrong is a big surprise. I did not expect this. And this guy, he's relatively young in terms of folklore. He's only been around for a couple hundred years, but he's popular enough to where they've made stuffed versions of him, obviously, but German children will have him as stuffed toys. And then the, um, taxidermists will create these to decorate for households. And they're actually, they appear in RuneScape and World of Warcraft and an array <laughs> of other different games too. But mostly they are a like Bavarian cultural tradition, essentially. Is it even a fantastical creature if it didn't appear in RuneScape? Also, I just figured out why these old chimeras are just common animals stuck together. Because you could just make that. You could just do that. You could present proof by just gluing a bunch of wings and antlers on a bunny. See, the thing is, one of the biggest ideas of where this story came from is the idea that German taxidermists were just like, how many animals can you mix together? Yeah. And created this guy. But the locals have actually, local Bavarians, I guess, have spun up a tale of romance between a hare and a deer and them mating created the Wolpertinger. Story can vary and feature a fox and a deer or a deer and a duck or a fox and a duck. So it's hard to describe what it actually is, but it usually is the way I described it a minute ago. For our own safety, we need to make sure that all taxidermists have plenty of friends and are well entertained because there's nothing more dangerous than a bored taxidermist. I think that's actually one of the most reckless, like I think you can be reckless as a taxidermist without being a danger. Because yes, it is terrifying for me to come into my home and my wife, who is now becoming a taxidermist, has created this monstrosity. But it's also just a stuffed thing at that point. It's probably some pretty easy ways we could pivot that to someplace dark, but I guess really it was only a threat to the advancement of zoology. I mean, remember the... the I, I, this is probably a story that everyone is familiar with. When the platypus was first discovered, it was discredited as one of these... It was believed yeah. to just be a beaver with a duckbill shoved on it by a bored taxidermist. It was just a prank until they found out, oh, this is actually real. And the discovery so, of the platypus must have been fantastic for people who enjoy making these kind of creations because it gave a lot of legitimacy to their uh, fantastical beasts. That always makes me think about when mankind was discovering animals. And I mean, obviously, we're still discovering animals, but imagine the first time we saw like a kangaroo mm -hmm. and we were like, what, what is this thing? Somebody like this could have been something completely out of fiction. This thing jumps around and holds its children in a pocket. Yeah. Like that kind of thing seems nonsensical if you break it down to its bare, like its bare essentials. Sure. Um, so back to the Vopartinja. Images of the creature have been found in art dating back to the 17th century, but a lot of scholars believe that those images could actually be rabbits infected by a virus that causes bony tumors to grow oh. on the rabbit's head and body. 
Uh, there's a name for this, and I'm going to try and pronounce it, but bear with me. The Chope Papillomara virus. Is that what a jackalope is? Is that why that's such a common cryptid in so many different cultures is because they get like these deformities that kind of resemble horns i believe so i didn't look into the the jackalope connection there because i wasn't thinking about that but yeah i wouldn't be surprised because apparently this is a common enough virus to where when scholars were shown these images they were like oh yeah that's just a gross sickly rabbit hmm. but yeah um this this artist's rendering of the Wolpentinger is much cuter than a poor, deformed woodland creature. So I'm not even going to bother looking up that that virus. I imagine that an artist rendering is going to render this a little bit different than a diseased rabbit, though. Absolutely. But yeah, there's some, there's some pretty crazy images made of this kind of thing. And if you look at the taxidermied versions, there are, they are terrifying. Like, disgusting stuff. Like, I would not recommend looking at them. Um, which I guess that's probably the real danger of being a disgusting taxidermist. Not that all taxidermists are disgusting. A disgusting one that veers from God's way. As long as we're just, like, indulging our bad habit of asking our listeners to Google images, the RuneScape version of this monster is awesome. I'm not even kidding. The, the, whoever that designer is, bravo. Now I gotta look. Oh, dog, that is cool. That red thing? Yeah. Man, that is cool. RuneScape never do... looked that good when I played it. It would be uh, looking like a Play-Doh surprise. <laughs> the Play-Doh surprise would be a good name for a podcast, too. The Volpertinger has a lot of weird folklore along with it, and it's not amazing. It's not fun <laughs> like the Mothman was. It's not crazy, interesting... Uh, I mean, like, Man, you're uh, really selling me on this. No, I mean, it's not crazy interesting like the jumping jack guy. It's basically, it's all about how you can capture a, a Wolpertinger. And the way you can capture a Wolpertinger is by being a very young, beautiful woman. Easy. The wom- easy. The woman needs to go naked into the night on a full moon, and the Wolpertinger will become so entranced that they won't notice being put in a bag. <laughs> And that's basically the only mystical thing other than the construction of this thing that there is about a Wolpertinger is that they are in love with human women. They're attracted to human women. Now, there are lots of places we could go with this, and I don't want to. But all I'm going to say is, all I'm going to say is, I'm starting to believe that this creature was invented for ulterior motives. I completely think you're right, yeah. The only thing worse Uh, than a bored taxidermist is a horny one. (laughs) You can say that again. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, the last thing I got on this guy is I found a link to a fandom wikia article that describes all of this guy's abilities and traits. Specifically, they have a venomous bite and are excellent swimmers because of the the, uh, duck feet. But the most important thing was that there was one comment that said, and there's only one comment on this article, but the one comment said, this helped me with school. (laughs) No, it did not. Yes, it did. And I want you to guess when that comment was posted. Uh, 2010. Yesterday. (laughs) 
I saw that comment and thought, oh man, this is good. This is real good. I'm He's alive ex- and well. The lore of the Wuppentinger is live and well. And so I hope that means one important thing. I hope that means that when this episode comes out on Monday, this student that is working on this project finds our show and is able to share it with his friends. Because this is how he learned more about the Volpertinger. But yeah, that's the Volpertinger. Uh, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. He's kind of kind of a wild thing to look at. I highly recommend everybody who's listening to search him. And I'll spell out his name because I think it's important that you know how to spell it. It's W-O-L-P-E-R-T-I-N-G-E-R. And the rules of this thing are so fast and loose that you can really, if you wanted to create art about this, it, it's open to interpretation. But it's definitely something people have created a lot of art about. People have really taken it and made it into something cool. I don't think you can really do much to make a jackalope cool. But, and, and I really thought that by the description, that's all this would be. So I'm glad it ended up being of a lot more. It's a cool animal. It's a cool creature. Yeah, Definitely. Well, given that this creature has the head of a rabbit, I doubt that it really makes any noise. It probably doesn't have a call, but we can enjoy the sweet sounds of Threadbare off the album Burn of Proof, because that's our theme song. We can hear it at the end and at the beginning of every episode. If you want to listen to more of his music, you can go to glimmermusic.com or check it out on Spotify or iTunes. Any place that streams music, it's probably there. And if you want to follow us on our social media, our Instagram is Strictly Confidential Show. Our Twitter is S Confident Show. And then our email address is Strictly Confidential Show at gmail.com. So if you want to follow us on our social media, you can see when we post about new episodes that are coming out. You can see sometimes we'll post Instagram stories about our process a little bit every now and then, that kind of thing. And then if you want to reach out with questions about what we're talking about, you want to send us a link about something you think we should talk about? All of that's at strictlyconfidentialshow at gmail.com. Listen, we're lonely. We're desperate. We'll take anything. And we love emails. If you want to be on the show with us, well, that would just be the best. We would love to interview about interview you about either a supernatural experience you've had or something you're passionate about. Come be on the show like some of our previous guests. And if you enjoy this show, tell your best friend that they should listen to it too. Word of mouth is the kind of marketing that you wish you could buy, but is the most powerful. So that would be a huge help to the show. Thank you so much. And yeah, I think that's pretty much it. That's all that we do. Well, I've been Jackson. And I'm Asher. And this has been Strictly Confidential. And you, special person who this article helped with school, stay studying the supernatural because it's truly, truly such a good well to dive into but nobody else.